high school, I just remember wanting to sew a lot, and I loved home ec. And in those days, home ec was taught with a bit of everything. It had sewing, cooking, childcare, interior design, crafty stuff. This is the Modern Domestique podcast, where each episode is dedicated to a different aspect of reviving home economics in a fun, modern, and practical way. I'm Stacy Keating, and in this episode, I'm chatting with the Mother Domestique, also known as my mom, Debbie Pedersen. We sat down during her last trip out to visit me and chatted about how home economics shaped her life and how home ec has evolved throughout the years. She also reveals an embarrassing story or two about my childhood, so keep an ear out for those. So I am here with the Mother Domestique. And um, I just want to start the conversation because you took home economics in high school and then you went for a home economics undergraduate and master's degree, right? That's right. Um, what were the classes like? We can maybe divide it up by like high school versus when you went to become a home economics teacher. Well, in high school, I was really interested in sewing mainly, and that's what I Love to do. My mother started me sewing in fourth grade. I sewed my first dress. It was this little A-line thing and with a zipper and and this little lace that went in the seam and I was so proud of it and she got me started. I had a the sewing machine that she had was a knee operated machine. Hmm. You push it with your knee. Instead of like with your feet? Right. Huh. And I didn't know any different because that's what we had. Hmm. So she taught me with that, and then I went on to, uh, she got another machine that used the foot pedal, and I had to figure that out. And in high school, I just remember wanting to sew a lot, and I loved home ec. And in those days, home ec was taught with a bit of everything. It had sewing, cooking, child care, interior design, crafty stuff. And my teacher was really a good teacher, and there was a day I remember when she had all of the students, the whole school had a teacher for a day, and they picked a student to teach each class. And I got picked to teach home ec. (laughs) So that really made me think, oh, I guess I could do this. This was fun. Do you remember what you taught? Like what part of home ec you taught that day? No, I don't. Hmm. But I just remember that I really, really enjoyed it, and it was like I said, especially the cooking, or especially the sewing. So then when I went to college, I decided I wanted to be a home ec teacher. And so what you take for that is, again, a bit of everything, but more difficult and more condensed. And so it would be interior design and how to draft uh, floor plans and and interior in. Uh, clothing construction it would be getting into tailoring and lingerie and things like that Mm. and child care I remember having to do uh, studies on how children reacted to different learning styles and Mm. doing reports on it and and hands-on lots of hands-on and probably the thing that I did that was closest to what you're doing now with your home ec It was a class called Country Living, and in that class we did weaving, canning, tending berries out in the field, uh, farming type things, 
um, candle making, lots of DIY stuff is what we call it now. Yeah. But it's probably the closest that we got in those days to be sustainable, mm. like you're doing now. Yeah. Did you find that most of the classes were maybe geared towards like ease of living more than sustainability? Like, oh, there's this box cakes mix that you can use to make your life easier or something along those lines? Oh, no. Everything was from scratch. Mm. We didn't use box mixes for anything. Mm -hmm. I remember a class called uh, meal management, and we had to plan meals, and part of it was getting everything on the table at the same time and managing what you were doing and staying within a budget and mm. all these kinds of family life things. And so it was really geared toward taking care of your family mm. and knowing um, things to do that would be economical, but yet healthy and delicious and all that kind of thing and sewing your own clothes. And, it, you know, yes, it starts out with the little things mending, but um, moves on into taking care of a family someday mm -hmm. and uh, budgeting. There... Budgeting was part of it too. Yeah, which is something that uh -huh. not a lot of people think of now. <laughs> I don't think it's like, oh, you check your bank statement and see if you have money and that's yeah. good enough, I guess. You know? Paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Um, were there any males that were taking yes. home ec with you? In fact, back to high school uh, in those days, 40 years ago, it was in just starting to have um, encourage guys to take home ec. And so I remember some guys in my class and we always had fun and, and they fit right in and they enjoyed it. And it wasn't stigmatized like, oh, you're a guy and you're in home ec. Mm -hmm. But it was um, something that they wanted to learn just as much as girls wanted to learn how to cook and how to mend their own clothes or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and be a part of it. And so it was just starting to happen in those days mm. in home ec. Were there males in your college classes? Not so much. I don't remember many males. I think there might have been a few. And you could you could specialize in college. You could just take home um, interior design. You could just take nutrition and mm -hmm. dietetics and that sort of thing. So it, it, it depended on what the guy wanted to do. But mm -hmm. yes, there would be males in there as well. But not necessarily for the home economics umbrella, I guess. Right, yeah. which is what I did. Because I wanted to teach home ec at the high school or college level. Mm -hmm. And so when you do that, you take a bit of everything. Yeah. Did you... Um learn a lot of skills of how to teach. I just was thinking of when you mentioned, you know, learning different children's learning styles and things like that. Did they give you many tools of like, oh, if a student isn't super interested in, you know, cooking, is this, this is something you can do to help them or something? Some of that. Uh, I was an education major along with it. Mm. So I got that on the education side of it. Mm -hmm. And when I did my student teaching, it was teaching home ec. Mm at the junior high level. Mm, mm -hmm. So I had a mentor teacher, which actually turned out not to be a very good one. I learned what not to do. <laughs> but, which is useful. <laughs> yes. It was very stressful, though. Um, but when you take a, an education degree, you get it in that a aspect of it. Mm -hmm. But also 
I was lab instructor for a number of the classes in my uh, college and graduate level. Mm-hmm. Uh, clothing and textiles was my emphasis in the undergraduate. Mm-hmm. And so I taught clothing labs at all levels. So when you graduated from the master's level, did you ever work teaching home economics? Well, one year. I taught, I ended up in elementary teaching because, like I said, they were phasing, I don't know if I said it already, they were phasing home ec out at the high school level. Mm -hmm. And so where we moved, there wasn't a job available, Mm -hmm. so I ended up in elementary teaching. Mm -hmm. So one of those years, I taught a 3-4 combo and a 9-10 home ec at the same time. Oh, man. Thought I was going to (laughs) die. That sounds like a lot. Well, no matter how much I loved home ec and really wanted to do it, in that setting, I had two classrooms to keep up, and I had to talk on the level of a third and fourth grader, and then switch switch to 9-10, and then back to 3-4 all in the same day, every day. And so it was very draining. Plus, I had children at the time, <laughs> both you and your sister, so it was. I was a pastor's wife and everything, so it was very overwhelming. Yeah. So through the years, I ended up using my home ec in different ways. Yeah, yeah, which is, I think, why home ec exists, right? You know, mm-hmm. you can not only teach other people the skills that you know, but also use it within your own life and, um, you know, keep up. A house and a job and, you know, all the things. Which, like I said, my college experience was very invaluable. Mm-hmm. And when I wasn't, when I decided I couldn't teach it in the high school level because of circumstances, I did it in bits and pieces here and there. Mm-hmm. So there was a sewing machine store in a town we lived in, and I taught sewing classes at that store. Mm-hmm. And another one in another place... I taught how to use the sewing machine that people would buy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for the store. Mm -hmm. And then I taught um, in Boy Scout, Girl Scout type classes, cake decorating and baking and cooking, Mm -hmm. as you remember. Yeah, so side note, (laughs) I was not much of a good student. When it came to home economics. I tried. <laughs> well, you definitely tried. I was not interested in learning when I was younger. And um, there was once when we made these cookies. Like they were in a, bar cookies. Yeah, yeah, in a big sheet. And mm-hmm. I went to cut the cookies and I didn't look. And the knife was actually upside down. And I hit a nut and my f- hand went flying. And I needed stitches in the end of my finger, which I still have no feeling in the end of this finger. I'm to so this day. sorry. <laughs> And I was the teacher. But eventually I came back and learned how to how to do all that stuff. Which I am so thrilled about. I mean, it was like, I guess you were watching all those years what was happening. Because we also did catering. Mm-hmm. And you would help me and your sister. And mm-hmm. doing all these different catering events for various things. And it was a lot of experiences through the years. I was trying to think of what else I did. I taught adult education classes. Like at a community college? Um, Yes. Hmm. And that was fun. Lots of different things that I was able to use my home ec for. Yeah, yeah. Did you find that a lot of people you were coming into contact with as you got older 
um, were asking you to do things for them because they didn't have a home ec background. Yeah. <laughs> so even back then, there was a lot of people that were like, how do you know how to do this that might not have been able to take home ec? Yes. And as I was teaching in elementary, I had a lot of your friends' parents want me to teach their kids home ec stuff on the side because it wasn't being offered at the high school level mm -hmm. anymore. And I just couldn't do everything. Yeah. But I saw the need and in my heart, I wanted to start my own home ec teaching business, mm. which I think even today would be something that would be valuable. Yeah. And well, obviously, I see the value in that, too, yes. as the modern domestique. <laughs> I know, but you need to start your own school, and I can just see it. It would be awesome. Yeah. I'll come yeah. and help you. There are plans in the works for different things, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, so that's it's interesting that not only is it is it nowadays that, um, you know, maybe people don't really have a home economics background, but it's also, it was back then, and maybe even back then they weren't getting it from their parents or grandparents even too. Right. And I was seeing more and more of that as years went by from the time when I was growing up to the time you were growing up that those skills weren't being as taught as much because families were getting busier mm -hmm. and the skills weren't there to teach mm -hmm. even. Mm -hmm. So they weren't being passed along. In my generation, I think there was a lot of a lot more of passing on from one generation to the next of things that you knew how to do. Yeah. Because when I was a little girl, my mother had me making souffles and mm. baked Alaskas and things like that. <laughs> that is super complicated. <laughs> <laughs> so I look back and I think, wow, she really gave me an education at home. Yeah. Which yeah. I think was what started me down the home ec road. Yeah. And I think that times have changed too because it's, it's hard to find the space for it, not even necessarily the time to teach even if you know how to do something to teach someone else or to learn a new skill um you know and, and by space i mean like you know rather than watching your favorite tv show mm -hmm. at night or something mm -hmm. um to instead be in the kitchen learning how to do whatever you know a quiche even or mm -hmm. you know a frittata like something that's not a baked alaska <laughs> you know something that's maybe more like something you would make on a regular basis um, and it's, it's hard, like you have to put energy into finding that space to learn new things and teach new things. Well, and I think priorities have changed through the years. Things that we used to think were important then, mm. people don't see as being as important now. Yeah, it's true. Their focus is more on the, like you say, watching TV or iPhone or Facebook or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you don't even think about, oh, I'd really like to learn how to do whatever. Mm -hmm that might be stretching your boundaries. Yeah, yeah, and the convenience of everything too now. So rather than right. like mending clothes, you just throw it away and go and buy <laughs> a new thing, you know, because which, it's cheap and accessible, which yeah, on a lot yeah. of levels is not yeah. good. Um, you know, for like the people that are making those cheap clothes, like mm -hmm. the life that they're leading at, right. you know, like 10 cents a day or whatever they're making is not a good a good life. And, you know, by supporting that, well, by buying clothes, you're supporting that in a way. Um, but also contributing to the landfills and, you know, like all the tons of textile waste that end up in mm -hmm. landfills now and, and stuff like that. And, um, and then the nutrition aspect of not knowing how to cook, you know, a frittata, something mm -hmm. that's easy. Well, um, and eating a lot of fast food and yeah. going out and it's unhealthy and all the problems that are seen in children these yeah. days because yeah. of and, their diets. Yeah. And a lot of people don't like make that correlation because they mm -hmm. don't have a knowledge of nutrition from 
home economics because I think it did get a bad rap. You know, like you have to dust behind your picture frames and oh. you have to set your table exactly like this. And this is how you be the perfect housewife and like yes, all this stuff, you know, true. which which is is really eye rolling. <laughs> and like yeah. it makes me want to roll my eyes and, and like nowadays it's like no way. Huh? Yeah. No. You know, like everything must be dusted to this like level and like all this stuff, you know, which in a sense, like spring cleaning, I think is important, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. um, you know, for your health, like making sure that everything is clean. But there's also an aspect of it's like, come on. Well, generations make a difference. And I think what you're talking about goes back to Victorian era when everything was a certain way and proper. And and then as the years went by and it, it came down through the generations, you know, even the 50s, you see the Susie Homemaker uh, perfect housewife in the little apron mm-hmm. and, and husband comes home and here's your slippers, dear, and mm-hmm. here's dinner and women weren't working as much and yeah. or at all and um i guess as much and so then women started going in the work field and the whole dynamic of a family has changed so what she's talking about here i think is so important and it really encompasses what i'm trying to accomplish with the modern domestique she's talking about the evolution of home economics and how it evolved to meet the demands of specific eras. So, you know, it was different in the Victorian era versus the 50s versus the 70s versus today, right? So how do we, as modern domestiques, want home economics to look for today? I think that's so important and exciting to be a part of that evolution. It doesn't have to be one way or the other. We can make it be however we want it to be to meet our needs today. And so the things that people used to think, you know, my mother would probably look at things that I do and think, you're doing that? Oh my goodness, how can you do that? Because of the way she grew up and the way she was taught and the way she taught me. Mm -hmm. And if I've done some changes of the way I've been taught, she'd be horrified if she saw it. Yeah, well, that old way definitely (laughs) feels rigid. Like, it doesn't feel like fun when I read about it. You know, Uh I have all these old home ec books Uh and... You know, and, and it just does not feel like fun or like anything that I would even want to tackle because it's just like, you must do it like this and this and this, you know, whereas I think that because it was presented that way for so long, um, people were like, why bother, you know? <laughs> well, when I grew up, I had fun in my home ec and it was just something that I loved to do and I wanted to pass that along to other people mm-hmm. and help them to be able to do it too. Mm-hmm. And so it was what I have been using, even though I haven't been able to teach it per se uh, in a classroom setting. Yeah. I have used it in many, many other ways. Yeah, that's true. And even now, like my office where I work, I'm known as the person to take your clothes for alterations, (laughs) (laughs) things like that. Well, Um, and you've helped me too, like when I had the fail sourdough bread, you know, that (laughs) that I didn't know what to do with. You were the one that said, well, try this, you know. And it worked. It did, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was really sour, but it was good. (laughs) Frittata. Yeah. But I think one thing about home ec is you start out with the basics and then you keep pushing yourself to new things that you've never done before. Yeah. And I think it's okay if you don't want to do that, you know, like even if all you want to do is learn how to mend your clothes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that that's fine, you know, and if you have a friend that wants to sew you clothes, then that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Or you can find a local place that, you know, puts a lot of effort into finding 
clothes that like where the clothes they have are coming from and stuff like that. You know, I think that there's ways around that that you don't have to know how to do everything and you don't have to push yourself to do everything, but you can surround yourself with people yes. that can help you accomplish a more sustainable life. Right, right. That's true. You know, like, you know, if I'm doing some mending right now for a friend and, um, you know, she's going to, you know, give me different like nutritional tips and, and stuff like that, you know, like it's, it's sort of like a... Bartering. And, yeah, like an interesting way to like have mm -hmm. a, a community that can mm -hmm. support each other. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I believe in bartering. That's how we got a um, refrigerator. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, you, you sewed curtains or? Oh, my, it wasn't just curtains. It was curtains and seat cushions and pillows and napkins and uh, placemats and tablecloths for this lady's house and yeah, her the owner of the mm -hmm. appliance store yes she and her husband own the appliance store and so we bartered it and we still have that refrigerator yeah, today it's a nice fridge yes i had to be repaired a few times but it's beside the point yeah through the years anyway it's it's a good thing and i think that's a, a good thing to do as well when someone else has a skill that mm -hmm. you don't have mm -hmm. that you can um, trade services instead of money, yeah. and it's very helpful to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like the goat farm that I work on, mm -hmm. you know, she doesn't have anything but goats and chickens, right? So she, you know, can trade different things that she has, goat milk or chicken eggs or, you know, goat cheese that she makes or whatever for, you know, other meats or other fruits or vegetables and stuff like that that she doesn't have time to grow, even if she right. could, you know? Because I think it's hard to find someone who does everything. Well, it's, it's impossible. <laughs> it's like, maybe not impossible, but pretty close. Yeah. I mean, everybody has their own gifts and talents and things that they are interested in mm -hmm. and want to explore more. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's too many recipes, too little time. <laughs> I have a cookbook collection that uh, I should probably stop collecting, but it's just too fun. <laughs> well, you do try something from every cookbook. I try. Otherwise, my husband will stop bringing them to me when he travels. <laughs> yeah. So what's, um, what's something like your top, I don't know, one, two, or three things that you would things of advice like pieces of advice that you would give to someone who didn't have any home economics um growing up and kind of was interested in testing the waters a little bit what would you say to them to encourage like their knowledge or their growth of well knowledge? take a class somewhere first uh, I know that some libraries have things that they offer for instance your library here in Boulder yeah they have that makerspace for sure which I think is totally awesome mm -hmm. after I read your or listened to your blog on that I went and looked around where I live to see what was there and I found all sorts of things in the Bay Area cool of California yeah well that, there's lots of technology there for yes sure. I was amazed I had no idea so that was cool and I see things like that you know go if you're interested in something, find a place to learn about it. Uh, for instance, I wanted to learn how to make cheese. Mm. So the community college near my house had a cheese making class. So I went and did that. Mm -hmm. And it was very fun. And, and I got a book. And so now I can work on it more at home. Mm -hmm. And online even. Shoot, there's tons of stuff. Yeah. Everywhere online you can find just about anything nowadays. You mm -hmm. don't even have to go and sit in a classroom. Yeah. But 
there are different kinds of learners, you know. Some people can listen, some people can read and learn, some people have to hands-on to learn. Mm -hmm. So figure out your learning style mm -hmm. and then start dabbling in what you're interested in and then you'll see whether or not it's something you really want to explore further mm -hmm. or whether it's something you want to barter. <laughs> <laughs> or just try and maybe move on. Yeah, because there are so many things there in the world that you can extend your um, skills and and DIY doing it yourself I mean that wasn't even a word when I was growing up mm -hmm. to do things yourself and learn how to craft your own this that or the other mm -hmm. or bake your own whatever and mm -hmm. it's just so many things that are available nowadays yeah in so many ways I thought that now would be a great time to let you know that very shortly I will be offering home economics courses. I can't give you more information quite yet, but make sure to sign up for my newsletter so that way you're in the know as soon as everything is ready to go. Once you find what you're really interested in, then when you've learned it, share it with others because that's very fulfilling mm -hmm. when you're able to help other people learn something that is um, helpful to them mm -hmm. to have a better home or to eat better or to do something themselves. Mm -hmm. It's fulfilling to be able to pass that along to someone else. Yeah, and maybe part of that too could come back to your first point in that if you have a friend that knows how to do something that you want to do, you know, maybe just like set up a time to go over to their house and, you know, learn mm -hmm. how to do whatever they're mm -hmm. doing, you know, like whether it be, you know, soup making or crocheting or whatever, like mm -hmm. fixing a car, chopping wood, <laughs> you know, like whatever you want to do, like be like, hey, next time you do that, can I come over and, and watch you do that and you can mm -hmm. teach me? Well, it's like a friend of mine um, makes, what are those things called that you do in your hand? Um, the Mexican, they're filled with beans and cheese and have the dough on the outside. I can't think of the name. <laughs> anyway, I'm like, oh, I want to learn how to make that. So when she's making them, she'll call me up and say, hey, we're going to make a bunch of them on this day. Can you come over? And oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Then there's something else I've been wanting to do, and my husband thinks I'm nuts. Um, that's how to make homemade phyllo dough. And he's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> that does seem like it would be a lot of work. But just once in my life, I want to try making homemade phyllo dough. Yeah. And I've met people who do it, but they live a ways away and they've said, oh, we'll teach you. Just have to find the time and mm -hmm. set it up to do. But yeah. you can always dream and, you know, there are things <laughs> that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, I just want to say how proud I am of all that you're doing with Home Ec. Oh, thanks. And I'm very excited to be a part of what you're doing and taking it to the next level and taking what I learned years ago and bringing it into today. Yeah, that, that is the goal. And yeah, you're definitely the behind the scenes advice <laughs> for sure on a lot of things. Well, I'm excited to be a part of it. And like I've said before, um, your dad and I have written two cookbooks. The next one needs to be your cookbook, and I'll help you. <laughs> okay, that sounds like a deal. <laughs>
Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sitting down and talking to me. Well, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Love you, Mom. Love you too, sweetie. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Modern Domestique podcast, and a big thanks to my mom for the conversation today. Head on over to the Modern Domestique website to see photos of some of the things we talked about in this episode. Also, make sure to tune in next time for an interview with a handcraft teacher who's currently working for a Waldorf school. It's a great conversation about how they're bringing aspects of home economics into education for today's world. If you like the podcast, make sure to tell a friend and subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And please make sure to leave a rating or a review so that other people can find this too. As always, I'd love to hear your takeaways from today's episode. So please make sure to stay in touch on the website, Facebook, or Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in and have a very modern domestic day.